Last night we talked about renunciation, one of my favorite Dharma talks. And, <laughs> and so now I want to talk about um, the more detailed mechanism of what gives rise to the dynamic that entangles us in the great tangle that we're invited to renounce, right? <clears throat> so, in the Buddhist landscape of the mind, there is no conductress or conductor that is orchestrating our experience. In the first Dharma talk, I said that we are a result of lineages. The Buddha talks about it as we are the result <coughs> of causes and conditions. Different ways of talking about the same thing. So, what's happening is a series of causes and conditions and we I'm going to give a talk tomorrow about dependent origination tonight I'm going to give a talk about perception the theme being looking at <clears throat> these dynamics in detail of what is it that we need to renounce right At any moment of consciousness, and there are thousands in each moment, so we're talking kind of like, you know, the speed of light, but maybe not quite so quickly. The Buddha didn't talk about the speed of light, but he did say there were thousands and thousands of moments of consciousness in each moment. So coming, arising into the mind and leaving very, very quickly. And the experience is the continuity of experience rather than these arisings and passings and arisings and passings. In each of those moments of consciousness, there are seven universal mental factors. And the first being the capacity in the mind to make contact in one of the sense spaces. So right now, as you're hearing me, you might not be aware of the touch of cloth around your legs because the contact of hearing is predominant and perhaps seeing, seeing and hearing, seeing and hearing. In any one moment of consciousness, there's one, just one sense space that is being activated. And it's activated through the causes and conditions of where you're putting your basic attention right now listening to me. And soon with greater ease. <laughs> Okay. 
Let's see how that goes. Better? So, hearing, in the moment of hearing, sound is heard through the mental factor of hearing contact, contact in that moment of consciousness based not in some spirit that lives inside of us, not in some core I, but rather the mind has a (coughs) consciousness based in hearing that when sound comes, makes contact, the mind hears the sound as contact and immediately in that contact there are six other mental factors that arise at the same time. I won't go into all of them other than to say one of them is the feeling of pleasant, unpleasant or neutral. So in this very moment as you're hearing my voice it could be that it's unpleasant which it is for me because it's a little loud, but that's fine. It's unpleasant. It could be that it's neutral, or it could be that it's pleasant. This is not, it's, it is karmically determined, <clears throat> that is to say, in this particular configuration that each of us are, we have predispositions to some experiences being pleasant, some experiences being unpleasant, and some being neutral. So someone might love the taste of coffee and someone else might not, or it might be neutral. Someone might love the feeling of being cool, and some of us might not. That might be unpleasant for us. And so there isn't anything universally good or bad about the experience of hearing sound right now and it being pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. It is just the expression of causes and conditions of the past, of our particular genetic makeup, of what we've experienced in our lives, creating these causes and conditions for pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral. It's happening all the time. When there is a mind moment of consciousness, when um, you're like now hearing sound and it's either pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, if there isn't mindfulness, in that moment of consciousness, the habitual and automatic, that is, it'll happen, response will be to want more of the pleasant, to not want, to have aversion to the unpleasant. God, can't you just change that volume? And and in the aversion, there's always blame. Sue, how come you put it up so loud? That, that it's just, it isn't that I or she are a bad person. 
that is the lawful dynamic of the mind. It, I mean, you just have to bow down to it. It's so amazing. Because we take it personally and then we get embroiled in a fight. What do you mean it's too loud? You just told me people couldn't hear. Yeah, but look how close I am to the speaker. You never listen to me. Well, you always are so insistent. (laughs) And so we construct a story about each other. that's uh, That's what I was talking about in the first Dharma talk, those bubbles of molecules on molecules constructing an identity of I'm the person that Sue doesn't really care about. And she's like, Irina's always just so concerned about herself. you know. And that's the identity we've created around that interaction. And we're doing it all the time, every single one of us. And so... When we find ourselves embroiled and triggered, it isn't because we are terrible people. It is the dynamic of the mind when there isn't mindfulness present. And that's why we um, are so in awe of (coughs) the practice and liberating aspect of mindfulness. Because without it, we are involved. We can't see what's going on, and we follow that habitual movement to more and more aversion. And that road, that Grand Canyon road, gets deeper and deeper until we're ready to drop bombs. Not because the person is bad, because there's consistently not been any mindfulness in that mind. And that would be us, but for some beautiful karmic reason that none of us can see, we've all come to the Dharma. And so we have the possibility of liberating ourselves from the dynamic. And so the point of liberation that the Buddha invites us to is to notice when the experience is pleasant, unpleasant and neutral. Because if we notice it with the breath or with walking or sound or when we're seeing something, I go by the garbage can every day and unpleasant. Uh Unpleasant. Just to notice it then in that noticing it intervenes with the next habitual response, which is not to want or to want. We just notice unpleasant. Sometimes when we comprehend what we're doing, like I um, I take something every day from my lungs and it tastes terrible and it's so big and solid I have to chew it because Otherwise, I can't swallow it because of the polio, because of the the palate being still not quite so effective in the swallowing process. And I know I'm going to experience unpleasant, but it's okay because it really makes a difference. So you just, there are ways, and each of us does this, right? 
I know I don't like to do this, but I'm doing it. And we hold the unpleasant without going into aversion, right? Because of that greater understanding that it is that what I'm doing is supportive of my healing. When we come back to why am I alive? What is the purpose of my practice? And what is the purpose of my life? And we deeply connect with that wish and yearning for freedom and liberation, then that direct um, connection to that understanding, that general comprehension, means that when there's unpleasantness, there's a lot of energy not to continue the movement into aversion and storylines. But we're not fully awakened, and so we can intervene if we've missed pleasant, unpleasant, (coughs) and neutral, and we're at hate this, love this, bored, what is going on, we can intervene then. Oh, this is where I am in the cycle. Yeah? No problem. This is the mind without mindfulness. Hi, aversion. Hi, clinging. Hi, boredom or delusion or confusion. Hi, I know you so well. Welcome. If we've missed that, and we're into the story, no problem. Then, oh, I've missed those links, here I am at the story. No problem. I understand where I am in the cycle. Let me drop the storyline to feel the next level, right? What's underneath it, the aversion, the confusion, the grasping and clinging, and then to come to the pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral feeling associated with it. That is often, you know, when it's something a little, a little less, um, excuse me a moment, deliciously warm, I'm just going to take off my jacket. Can it just go back to pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral? You know, and so I'm not, I'm not, I want to acknowledge then if Sue and I have been in a relationship for many years, you know, it's more complex then in an interaction like that. So then we have to hold that those interactions are also touching into deeper places that are calling to be healed. That's fine too. So that's so then when we go to when we go to the unpleasant, we also can include in that if there are past relationships or any complexity to it the different emotions that have gotten tangled up previously 
in mind moments when there, weren't, when there wasn't mindfulness. And that's what it means, that's the purification process. And mindfulness and caring can intervene in any one of those stages. So that's, that's um, the invitation today. Um, when and if you feel comfortable with that practice of every now and again as you're connecting with sitting or walking or standing or eating or um, seeing or hearing to notice pleasant, unpleasant or neutral. Where am I in that cycle? And then just to make one more link, when we frame it as this is the practice of the second noble truth, that there is a cause of suffering and that is identifying and believing that pleasant means I should get more of it for my happiness. Because it isn't just that there's pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. It's that when there isn't mindfulness, there's always delusion and ignorance. And in that field of ignorance that pleasant is being experienced, for example, there is always the misunderstanding of where happiness lies. And that misunderstanding is that it lies in getting more sensually pleasant experience. It isn't that, again, I just want to stress that we're bad. And the same with aversion. There's the misunderstanding that our happiness lies in pushing away the experience, in strategizing and controlling the environment not to have that experience. That's where our happiness lies. And um, in uh, um, in confusion, it's I don't know. Those of you who are confused, what? <laughs> where, where is whatever it is? I'm not quite sure. Being in confusion, but I'm not quite sure. That's that's the clarity would bring happiness. Clarity, but it does. <laughs> Equanimity. No, no, no. There's. I don't know. As I don't. Confused person. It's more. Uh, I. I need to uh, leave. So it's a sense of dissociating oh. from it. Or oh, splitting. that's dissociation and splitting. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much, Ellen. That's perfect. Dissociating or splitting the scene, or being in fantasies. Uh-huh. Also, yes, yeah, you can relate to that. <laughs> Lovely, thank you, Linda. <laughs> and so, it, it, this is what we've inherited. Every human being, every human being is, is living with this. And then we understand it. And when we get really caught, 
right? When we get really caught, then we're like, oh, this is a universal dynamic that I have gotten caught in. This has got, it's, there's not anything judgmental about it, you know, like as a, in a guard <coughs> saying you deserve to go to hell because you didn't take me as your savior. You deserve to go to the hell realms because you didn't take the Buddha, you know, or this practice as your savior. No, it's not that at all. It is lawful and scientific. And so then, and so then noticing it, turning mindfulness towards it, just as an inquiry, as, well, let's see if what Arena says is true. Is it true? I want to see for myself. Where do I get lost in seeking happiness where there isn't happiness? How does that feel? So then, you, you know, when you name it this way, then there's only compassion. It's like, well, what a trip. Here we are with this. And how magnificent is it that every human being has the capacity to heal this? And that's why we're here, because we're supporting each other to heal this dynamic when there isn't understanding and mindfulness, entraps us. And that's what we're doing. So we get to bow down to each other then in this endeavor of coming to know and disengage and renounce from this particular dynamic because it is the fundamental basis of our suffering and the second noble truth that there is suffering and the cause is this dynamic unnoticed. So that's practice. Take a moment to connect in the ways you usually begin your meditation. is a place inside your body that is uncomfortable. We describe as pain or just unpleasant. Sinuses, cold, pressure in the lower back, wherever it is. 
See if you can discern the difference between the sensation of it and the unpleasantness. Sometimes it's just the sensation and if that's true, then go to a different place that's more unpleasant or remember a time if there isn't anything unpleasant right now. Notice if there's just the tiniest bit of resistance to it. Subtle contraction in the mind, or not so subtle, not wanting. Maybe in the background a story, this shouldn't be happening to me. There's something wrong I need to fix. Allowing that, if that's present. See if you can sweep down to unpleasant, just as unpleasant. Playing with it, sensation, unpleasant. I wish this wasn't here. And then coming back to the body in the comprehension of your posture. Notice the breath or what practice is refreshing for you, sound. Pleasant unpleasant or neither. Does the mind relax? Any subtle movement towards the experience? wanting.
Notice if there's a happiness that that has ended. Either it might be present or there's been a time when you've been confused. Experience what was there for confusion to arise. Neutrality is another way to access this. Go to somewhere neutral. Maybe your elbows. Or ears. Noticing if the mind is slipping off. There's nothing to hold it. Has the mind gone into thinking? Then relaxing. Reconnecting with your understanding of why you're practicing. Letting it live in the body, not just as a thought. That means feel it in the body as you connect it with that intention. opening to how it is for you now in the body. Relaxing. Mindfulness doesn't have to be tense. This knowing and allowing and receiving (coughs) of experience notices in the stream of experiences or breath or what you're noticing. The arising and passing. Sometimes pleasant, sometimes not as primary.
their problem. Expression of life. Asking to be known. Thank you.